0: long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul children
1: to stand I want you to find the scriptures find your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 1 let's stand in honor of the reading of God's Word I failed to mention that Tuesday night the communion service it will be very special a lot of unchurched people join us and it's what we call a whiteout Uh, it's gonna be a very beautiful presentation at the close of the communion it's gonna snow in the sanctuary it's gonna be gorgeous but we want the breathtaking presence of God more than I want snow. Now, it's going to be beautiful, but I want God to show up Tuesday night. And already, I just got a text from a woman that's with her dad in St. Catherine's right now, and they're watching by live streaming on an iPad. And Glenda Stonecipher's father is there, and he just gripped the iPad as we were singing worship. I'm telling you, God's presence even being transmitted over the airways right now. So Luke chapter 1, verse 67. Now look back at verse 64. You've not been able to speak for nine months. An angel has shut your mouth. Verse 64 When the angel finally opens his mouth, he praises God. When his tongue was loosed, he gave glory to God. Not only did he praise the Lord and give glory to God, he began to prophesy in verse 67. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. I'm praying for something like that to happen on this Christmas Sunday morning, amen? I want you to look down at verse 76. Thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew, waxed strong in spirit, was in the desert until the day of his showing unto Israel. You may be seated. Last Sunday morning, we rehearsed about Gabriel, the angel that comes to Elizabeth and comes to Zacharias and declares that you're going to have a child. One of their heart's desire was to bear children. Zacharias, and you go back to verse 19 and verse 20, He begins to question the word of the Lord. And I want to remind you, friends, that God's word will always be accomplished in God's season. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I want you to see this in verse 19. Gabriel says, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of the Lord. I did not read that to you last week. I did recite to you how that Gabriel in ages past had been with God and had seen the handiwork of God, the miracles of God, but here he actually says, I stand in the presence of the Lord. And so from an expert witness standpoint, he could give credence that when God says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. When God says to Zacharias and Elizabeth, you're going to be with child, Zacharias looks at the equation, and he realizes that in the equation are two adults that are stricken in years, are two adults that are past Uh, the childbearing years of their life. And he looks at all the natural elements and, and he says, surely this can't be. Now Mary, in a different form and fashion, is confronted by the angel and the angel Gabriel reveals to her, you're going to bear a son. Her statement to Gabriel was much different. You see, Zacharias made a statement that questioned the ability of God. Mary, however, makes a statement that is asking information of God wanting to understand it is never an affront to God for you to want to understand what is taking place in your life how many have ever been there I'm telling you life will afford you some challenges life will afford you some uh, tough times and, and difficult times it is never an affront to your faith or to your God your Christian faith to say God explain to me what's going on here help me to get a a handle on this and understand. And you contrast the two. Zacharias was a question of doubt in the ability of God. And so God says through his angel, the angel that stood in the presence of the Lord, he said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And so you've got Mary that is pregnant and you've got Elizabeth that is pregnant, both by a miracle of God but both by a miracle of, of God touching their lives to manifest the work that he had. But you also have Zacharias that's mute, that he is deaf. He cannot speak, for God has closed his mouth, and the angel of the Lord struck him with dumbness for the duration of the pregnancy. I want to challenge you, friends. Be careful what your mouth allows to come out. Amen? Because what came out of Zacharias's mouth was anything less than faith in God. And so he was struck in a condition where he could not speak until verse 64, and I want you to look at it. In verse 64, he opens his mouth, and immediately his tongue is loosed, and he began to praise the Lord. I'm telling you, God wants to loose this tongue of ours to praise him, amen? God wants to loose and open your mouth. I believe the church has been silent for far too long. Amen. We've not been the witness to this world. We've not been the testimony to this world. when the world wants to take Jesus out of the Christmas story, when the world wants to uh, uh, take Christ out of Christmas, uh, the church has been silent far too long. It's time that we open our mouths, and I believe that the Holy Ghost will loose our tongue and allow our tongue to declare praise to our God. In fact, I want you to stand on your feet, I want you to open your mouth, and I want you to let the Holy Ghost fill your mouth with some praise unto the Lord. Come on, lift up praise to the Lord. Hallelujah! We bless you, O Lord. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 67 as you're seated says his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, one of the gifts of the infilling of the Spirit is he began to prophesy and he began to prophesy of the coming Messiah. Now I want you to look at verse 79, what he prophesies concerning. Number one, he prophesied that light would come. Everybody say light. He said to give light. I want to remind us today that we are children of the light. This past week, God treated us in the handiwork of creation to a beautiful full moon. How many noticed the full moon this week? I'm telling you, it was breathtaking. I I commented to my wife three different nights uh, about the beauty, how gorgeous the full moon was. It is a lesser light that gives forth light so much so when it's full that People who are out in the woods, if you're a hunter, you like to go in the woods, you know that you do not even need a flashlight in some of the darkest places of the woods because that light is shining. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will have the light of God's life to light the way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, Paul said that Satan even disguises himself as an angel of light. And that many will follow that light, but it is not the real light. Amen? One of the characteristics about light is darkness always flees. You can always tell what darkness is. You can always tell what light is because darkness flees from light. Run to the light this Christmas. Run to Jesus this Christmas. Amen? My admonishment as pastor is to stay in the light. Stay full of the light. Never be captivated by the darkness of sin, but be captivated with the light of his presence. Verse 78, because of the tender mercies of our God, the day spring hath visited us. As I was studying these verses from probably about 10 different commentaries, they all pointed to the priest, how that the priest would stand on the temple mount and look towards the eastern horizon in the early morning skies many, many times would be ablaze with the beautiful color and the rays of the sun coming up over the mountainsides uh, to the east of Jerusalem, to the east of the Temple Mount there. And it says that the day spring hath visited us. The sun rising. I'm telling you, friends, Jesus came as a light to sin darkened world to light the path of all men. The prophet Isaiah loved to preach about the sun rising in several passages including isaiah 60 verse 1 he says arise and shine for thy light has come he loves to use the imagery of the light that arises i want to tell you this christmas open your eyes and see jesus amidst all of the hurry amidst all of the bustle amidst all that's going on let's keep fascinated by the light Don't let your focus be uh, clouded. Don't let your focus be uh, diminished. Keep focused on Jesus. He is the light of the world. The coming of Jesus would be like the sun rising. The last messianic, and I read this this week while I was studying, the last messianic prophecy of the Old Testament was Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. And in that prophecy, he prophesies about the light or the sun that would rise. The last messianic prophecy that took place before Jesus actually came was when Zacharias stood up and paralleled Malachi 4.2 and he said there would be a day spring, a sun rising that would come to light the path. I'm here to declare on this Christmas Sunday morning we are people of the light and we celebrate the light. But when you talk about light, look at verse 79. You realize there's also Darkness. And it says the people who sit in darkness. As I studied that, it was talking about people uh, who have an absence of light in their life. When God is not in the equation, the scripture says men are in darkness. Throughout the scriptures, throughout the word of God, darkness is used to define or to give illustration or symbolism to the fact of the absence of light spiritually. Men love darkness because their deeds are evil. Darkness always represents evil. People talk about the dark side, people embrace the dark side. I want to challenge you to embrace the light. Amen. I want everybody to go over to Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at a couple quick passages. Luke chapter 11, verse 33. Luke chapter 11, verse 33. I want us to look at the light and the dark contrasted. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. Jesus is defining that our light should never be obscure to the lost world, the darkened world. But our light needs to be visible. I want to tell you, the church... Ha, has not been visible in America. And because the church has not been visible in America, we've had the Ten Commandments taken out of our schools. We've had prayer taken out of our schools. We've reduced uh, uh, across the nation so much of the light because the church has not put the candle in a proper place, in, on a proper uh, pedestal so that the light would give uh, light the way of the darkness. Amen? Amen. And so he he defines this in verse 33, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thy eye is single, the whole body also is full of light. Keep your focus. Look through uh, the eye and keep the eye focused on the light. Thy whole body is also full of light, but when thine eye is evil, the body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not dark. I want you to examine the light that is in your life. And if you sit here on a Christmas Sunday morning and the light that is in you is of darkness, you need to come to Jesus before this service is over. You need to repent of your sins. You need to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is truly Lord. And you need to accept his forgiveness in your life and walk as children of the light. He said, if thy whole body therefore be full of light, having no part with the dark, The whole shall be full of light as even when the bright shining of a candle doth give light. Now go over to Ephesians chapter 5. Everyone turn over in your scriptures to Ephesians chapter 5 real quick. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Where is our light found? You cannot have light apart from Jesus. It is not enough to go to church. It is not enough to be a good person. It is not enough to uh, to to do some good works in life. You must be in the Lord. You must be in Christ. And that's exactly what Paul is defining to Ephesus here because there was so much darkness in Ephesus. He said, Ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship, look at this, with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather do what? You know what needs to happen in this hour? The church's light needs to shine more brilliantly that darkness flees. The Bible says actually reprove the works of darkness. Now go over to 1 John chapter 1 we're headed somewhere hang on 1st John chapter 1 beginning with verse 5 right after 2nd Peter 1st John chapter 1 this is the message which we have heard of him and declare of you that God is light and in him is no darkness everybody say no darkness If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. That means you've got to come out of the darkness. Pastor, you mean when I get saved, I've got to give up some things? Yes, you got to give up some things. I'm telling you the gospel that does not preach a sacrifice of living, of right living, is not a gospel. The gospel requires sacrifice. Somebody help me. The gospel requires right living, amen, to come out from the world and be a separate people. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, verse 7, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses from all sin. If we say that we do not sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, I'm going to run. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all darkness, all uncleanliness, all filthiness of the flesh. For over 400 years, there had not been a prophet. And all of a sudden, Zacharias, his mouth is open and he begins to prophesy. I'm telling you, America needs some prophets to stand up and prophesy in this hour. Zechariah was struck dumb because he believed not the word of the Lord in its season. I'm telling you, God is trying to confirm his word in your heart. I believe that for some, right now is a now season. Your season has come. Your season is here. Would somebody say amen? amen. There was a season that God had destined because Galatians 4 four says, in the fullness of time, God sent his Son." The angel Gabriel comes to Zacharias and it was a now season, but he did not believe the word of the Lord in that now season. God is wanting to release to some in this room right now that it is your now season. I want somebody to slip up a hand and claim a now season now. I'm telling you, that thing burned in my spirit this week. This is a now season. There are yet, and I wrote it in my notes. And I went right by it a while ago, and I just felt it in my spirit to go back to it. There are yet about nine days left in December, and God's not finished doing miracles. A man of God stood in this pulpit the last Sunday of April, and he said, the Lord put in my heart that Evangel temple would have miracles May, June, and July, and breakthroughs. And we saw incredible miracles across this congregation. He stood in this pulpit the last Sunday of July, and he said, God has extended that season and that this fall season till the end of the year, and we've not reached the end of the year. I want us to claim that the last, day, the last nine days, that people that need a miracle, that people that need a breakthrough, he, he stood in this pulpit and he said, Pastor, he said, I believe this is a word for evangel temple for this hour, that God wants to bring a season of miracles and a shift and a, a season of breakthroughs. And I claim that over this congregation. Can you say amen? Amen. The light in the Greek means to shine upon, to show, to give light to. The prophet was beholding many that were deprived of the light, many that did not have the light. I want them to put up on the screen real quickly. The news media released a study across America of noted sins this week. And I thought this is really interesting that the world now is even defining sin and the world is identifying sin. And so they released in the media, and this was a news report you all could have read this week, but they identified the areas of America where envy is the most prevalent. And this envy comes the way they documented it from thefts robbery burglary larceny stolen cars and the places in red are the most are the highest intensity of the sin of envy in in america now this is in a in a natural news article go to the next one gluttony well thank god there's no gluttony in jacksonville amen We're going to enjoy our fried chicken, amen, and banana pudding until the end of this year, and then we're going to fast. But there are some areas that the news media identified as where gluttony is so prevalent. Go to the next one. Greed in America. These areas were just overridden with greed so that the natural news media, the carnal news media, identified those areas as being areas of intense greed in this nation. I thought this was pretty good for a news agency to start preaching sermons that preachers have quit. <laughs> Go to the next one. Lust. These are the areas where America's most troubled. Most troubled. Doesn't mean it's not in other areas, but you see the areas of red as the most intense areas. Go to the next area, pride. I'm telling you, that's a sin before God. The news media had to identify this because some preachers wouldn't preach it, amen. Go to the last area, sloth. You see some areas of our country where where, uh, they've identified as sloth. Now go to the last area, wrath. This is based upon all of the capital crimes, murder, assault, and rape. As reported by the FBI, that these areas are high-intensity areas where men are creating wrath one upon another. I'm telling you, America needs revival. America needs the day spring. America needs the sun rising because men sat in darkness and men love their darkness. And the Bible says in verse seventy eight and seventy nine, death is produced because of sin. But Jesus came as the light to light the path of all men to do miracles. While John was sitting in the wings waiting for his opportunity, his public ministry, and his public ministry went forth with miracles. Jesus came, and there was a certain time that his public ministry was released, and Jesus came calling men to service and doing miracles. I want to tell you on this Christmas Sunday that he's still doing miracles today. I want Dan and Delia to come real quick. Come to the front real quick. He's still doing miracles today. Jesus is still doing miracles today. Men, come to the light. Embrace the light. Delia, I want you to tell us what happened. Who's going to talk? Okay.
2: She's going to talk. But uh, uh, boy, six years ago, um, we went through the the worst and the best in our life and uh, a terrible thing happened. We, there's no way we can tell you about the 70 days in the hospital and the multiple operations and, and all of the miracles, the forty doctors, the over a million dollars worth of medical bills and on and on and on. I can't do that in just a few minutes. Delia's going to share a few of the personal experiences and then I'm going to just tell you about one of the miracles.
3: Thank you. Um, six years ago for 70 solid days I was in the hospital and I had a tumor in my stomach and it was inoperable i was very critical i was in the intensive care unit for two times Uh, yes 25 days and i was on life support i was just thinking about that and um the lord is so merciful and he answered all our prayers and had it not been for the prayers of people and friends and family church family I believe that I would have been promoted. Just, I love that word, promoted. <laughs> and I had so much peace during that time, too, because I was ready. I was so tired of being sick. And, in fact, I told the, the doctor, I said, please, doc, don't be heroic in my weak voice. I said, please don't be heroic. If it's time for me to go, I am ready to go. And I had so much peace, the peace that only the Lord could give and uh, I just wanna I know that when I was sick I had all this drips and I had all this medication and I was not fully aware of everything that was happening but I know that as a family it was hard for them to watch a family member suffering so I would love to give it to Dana he had a lot of things
2: to say Uh, we were there for 70 days and that's a long time and so you really get to know the Lord, don't you? And it really uh, put him to the test. Uh, a few things that just helped us was we took the right board over. They, the nurses wrote their names. We erased it and wrote it real small. And we put scripture up every day. And, you, folks, you know that God's mercies are new daily. Every day. And those, those scriptures spoke to us. And, and um, I prayed a lot about what to share this morning. And the Lord told me two things real quick. He said... Tell them how bad it was, and then tell them what I did. And it was bad. We were desperate. Pastor, my different pastors and Christian friends would call me and say, and they wanted to hear that Delia was getting better, but she was getting worse. And I wouldn't ask for prayer, you know what I'd say? Because I've been in church my whole life, and I've heard pray for brothers and sisters so and so, and then I'd go home and forget. Be honest. That's what happens sometimes. We get busy in our life and we forget. And I was guilty of that. And I said, you tell them. I said, get up in the pastor and you tell them that we're living on prayer. You tell them if they don't pray, my wife's going to die. We were desperate. We were desperate. So I want to tell this one last miracle and I'll give it back to you, pastor. Um, The time came when they said she can't breathe anymore. She was breathing like this. (gasps) And the doctor said, we can't let her suffer. We're going to intubate her. We're going to put her on the machine and let the machine breathe for her and try to get her back. And she's an intensive care nurse. She didn't want to go on the machine. She used to take care of people on the machine, but it needed to be. And uh, they never asked me to leave the room ever except for this one time. And the way I kept in touch with people was I text everybody every day, day 39, day 40, day 41. Well, I, my, my hands were shaking, and I left. They asked me to leave the room. And we said our goodbyes, because we, uh, we knew what that meant. Pretty much that they had given up. Later they told us that. But uh, so I text, and I said, please pray now. And I didn't send that to everybody. I couldn't send it to my kids. I didn't bring it, but they knew. And I sent it to some key Christian people. And she was reading, and they asked me to leave, and I left. And they said, come back, go, go get some breakfast, and then come back, and we're going to put her on a machine. And I shook, and I texted, and I came back 20 minutes later, and I came into the room, and she was laying there, and she had an oxygen mask on, and I saw the machine over here, and she was laying there, and she was breathing pretty good, and I called the nurse, and I said, what's going on? She said the strangest thing happened. The strangest thing—it must have been the medication kicked in. That's what she told me. It must have. <laughs> and later on, they did intubate her, but it was the right time, and it was all of a God. And then, uh, you want to hear the end? The doctors gave up hope. We love doctors, we love nurses. They came in and said, "There's, there's no more hope. We've gone as far as medical science can go." And I can't tell you the rest. We don't have time. But you know what happened? God took over. There she is.
1: I want everybody to stand up.
3: Pastor, I just want to let the, the whole church know that the tumor disappeared. I went home with tubes still, with the feeding tube, very weak. Um, I, not, I was not eating for 70 days. No food, no drinks. Because um, my stomach was paralyzed. But the tumor disappeared. And my um, oncologist said, in a month after you get discharged please get a cat scan it was negative they couldn't find it six months later they couldn't find it a year later they still couldn't find it and just a month ago i had another one and they couldn't find it amen
1: hallelujah he's still working miracles and your god is still on the throne and with god nothing shall be impossible i want everybody to raise up your hand and i want you to give glory to god give praise to god hallelujah hallelujah we embrace the light we run to the light we love the light of your presence we love the light of your glory we worship before you on this Christmas Sunday I want everyone in this room I want you to pick up your belongings I want you to make your way to the front right now I want everybody to make a move towards the light say that again Dan
2: I just said this is the season for healing come and get it it's now, not
1: tomorrow. Hallelujah. It's true. I'm a living Hallelujah. Come to the light. Embrace Jesus. Be fascinated with Jesus. Focus your attention, your eyes on Jesus. Come on, every hand uplifted. Come on, let's sing Worship. Come,
0: let us adore
1: Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. I want everybody to close your eyes and slip your hands up, please. No one moving around right now. We're worshiping. Oh, come, let us adore. Let us adore him.
0: Let us us adore him. Hallelujah.
1: We'll give him all the glory. to Him. We'll give Him all the glory. We'll give Him all the glory. Come on. From your life if the Lord has opened your mouth, if the Lord has loosed your tongue, praise Him. Don't let the rocks praise Him. You praise Him. You praise Him. You worship Him. the proud parents of a bouncing baby girl who is now 2.8 pounds. Did I see? 2 pounds, 13 ounces. She was born at 2 pounds, 4 ounces a couple of weeks ago at 26 weeks. Jessica, tell us what happened.
3: My baby girl was born at 26 weeks and I had a lot of doctors tell me that she had probably a 50% chance to live and i had a lot of negative spoke over me and my husband through this whole pregnancy but every day we just relied on the lord and she is still living and breathing today she's progressing each and every day she's eating well she's breathing on her own completely now And I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for your prayers. It's the only thing that's gotten us through this. But we really do love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you.
1: God bless you, Lance and Jessica and little Brooklyn. Everybody say Brooklyn. Jesus, we thank you for that life. Come on, lift your hands and pray for little Brooklyn. Lord, thank you for that tiny life that represents your love, and your light, and your word thank you for the goodness of God and the miracles of Jesus hallelujah with every head bowed and every eye closed is there anyone here this morning you're not where you ought to be with Christ maybe you've been living outside of the realm of his grace and mercy if you're not saved and you want to accept Christ I want you to lift your hand right now if you're not saved and you want to let Jesus come in slip your hands up maybe you're a backslider maybe you're a Christian that's been allowing sin to come in your heart I want to tell you that sin will produce darkness and darkness will produce death I want everybody to pray this prayer dear Jesus I believe that you came as God's answer and remedy for sin I run to the light and I embrace you Jesus Keep my attention focused on you. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God. I acknowledge my sin and I turn from my sin. I run to the light and I worship the light. Jesus, you are the light and my life belongs to you. In your name I pray. Now, everybody, slip your hands up. Come on, we'll give him all the glory. Come on, let's sing it again. We'll give you all the glory.